Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. I'm Josh, and I'm the lead pastor here at Unite Church, and it's good to see you all. You made it, huh? Yeah. Well, we're in a series called Altars, and today we're going to talk about the altar of incense. (laughs) You excited about that? You should be. All right, so the altar of incense was found in the tabernacle and also in the temple of Solomon. And so it was a very important piece. And so we're going to walk through kind of the layout of the temple. I've got a photo for you a little bit later, but I'm going to read where the Bible gives us instruction first to Moses of how the altar of incense was supposed to be created and what it was for. And then the incense that actually was to be burned on the altar of incense, all important things. Now, there is no way that I could cover all the things about this, nor do I know all the things about this, or would I perceive to know all that God meant to be fulfilled in Jesus in the altar of incense. But I want you to know that first off, is that the altar of incense is a type of Christ. This was to be fulfilled in and through Jesus and passed on to us as his followers and believers, okay? So when we read this, let's keep that in mind. Exodus chapter 30, verse 1. Make an altar of Achaia wood, For burning incense, it is to be square. It's not bad to be square sometimes, okay, folks? A cubit long and a cubit wide and two cubits in height. Its horns on one piece with it overlay the top and the sides and the horns with pure gold to make a gold molding around it. Make two gold rings for the altar below the molding, two on each of the opposite sides to hold the poles used to carry it. Make the poles of acacia wood, or acacia wood, however you want to say it, and overlay them with gold. I heard everybody correct me anyway, and whatever. Nobody, you don't know how to say it. Okay, put the altar in front of the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the Covenant Law, before the atonement cover that is over the ta- tablets of the Covenant Law, where I will meet with you. Set on that for a second where I will meet with you. The purpose of the altar of incense is for God to meet with you. Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning. When he tends the lamp, he must burn incense again when he lights the lamp at twilight. So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Do not offer on this altar any other incense or any burnt offerings or grain offerings and do not pour a drink offering on it because you'd put it out. Durr, okay. (laughs) Once a year, Aaron shall make atonement on its horns. This annual atonement must be made with the blood of the atoning sin offering, which would come from the brazen altar, for the generations to come. It is most holy To the Lord. Then we find in verse 34 Then the Lord said to Moses, Take fragrant spices, gum resin, anica, galbanum, right? Galbanum. Everybody uses galbanum these days. I use it on my lips uh, to fight off the cold. And pure frankincense in all equal amounts. And make a fragrant blend of incense 
the work of a perfumer. It is to be salted and pure and sacred. Grind some of it to powder and place it in front of the Ark of the Covenant law in the tent of meeting where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. Do not make any incense with this formula for yourselves. Consider it holy to the Lord. Whoever makes incense like it to enjoy its fragrance must be cut off from their people. Yikes. Pretty important that this fragrance stays in this same space. Okay, let's look at a couple pictures. Let's look at the temple layout. All right, so here's the temple. This is the Temple of Solomon. Of course, the, the Tabernacle of Moses, it was in the exact, had all the same pieces, virtually the same pieces, but just smaller and portable. And this was a permanent one, but you get the, basically the exact same layout, just not as grand with the tabernacle. So if you look on the outside, over here is the brazen altar where they would sacrifice the uh, offerings, okay? And they, they would burn up all of the innards and all the blood. And then they would, when they spilt the blood, they would take it, and that's what they would put on the horns, okay? The, la the brazen lavers are over here. You see them on the side. And that's where they would wash all of the uh, innards, and then the priests would wash their hands and reflect on their internal world, and it would also represent what was being burned up in the flesh in our internal world. Okay, so that would get burned up on the altar. Then they would be made holy, and all their sin would be forgiven. They'd be pure, and they could enter into the holy place, which you see is all made of gold. On the outside, it's all made of brass, which is, uh, represents forgiveness of sin and, uh, and, and sacrifice. And then gold represents the deity of God. So when we go inside, everything is laid with gold inside the holy place. And then you see the last chamber with the little, uh, not little, but the large-looking uh, winged animals in there and the Ark of the Covenant, okay? In there is the holy of holies, when, that is when they would offer up all the sacrifices and then they would burn the incense right there where that priest is standing is the altar of incense, okay? And you can see the lamp stands on one side. You can't see it, but the table of showbread is on the other side where there would be bread sitting on it. Um, and the, Anyway, so what we see in the altar of incense there in the front is the thing that is the last thing the priest is going to do to offer prayer up to the Lord yeah, okay, well, that's it. That's the altar of incense. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> Let's go back to that last one. Okay. <laughs> you were anticipating my move. It was so close. Um, but when we look here, uh, this is the last thing he would be offering up. And when he would offer up the prayer, uh, the incense would burn on top of that altar, and it would roll into, past the veil, into the presence of God. When that happened, the power of God's presence and smoke would come down and fill the Holy of Holies. The actual tangible presence of God would fill the Holy of Holies. Pretty awesome. And if the priest didn't do it all right, and he went in there, and he could only go in once a year, he'd just die. That's how awesome the presence of God is. And how important it is that we are made holy and righteous by the blood of the lamb that was slain on the altar, which is the cross, okay? The brazen altar represents the cross. And how we go in and it makes, it gets the blood, it says there it gets put on the four horns. Aaron, the priest, was to put the blood on the four horns of the altar of incense. We can go to the altar of incense now. Very good, thank you. And these four horns on the top, he would put them there for the atonement of, of 
all the believers for his sin and all the sin. And that could happen once a year. So the blood went up as an offering to the Lord for the forgiveness of all of our sin. Then the priest could go into the Holy of Holies one time a year. It said that he was, they were so nervous about it, they'd tie a rope to the guy's foot. I'm not sure that's 100% true, but this is what they say. Because he's like, okay, if he didn't do it right, then we got to have a way to drag him out because I'm not going in and dying. Because <laughs> the high priest is allowed to go in once a year. But what we know that happened is that when Jesus gave up his life on the cross, um, let's go back one. There was a veil that was between the altar of incense, the holy place, and the holy of holies. The Bible says that was torn straight down instantly when Jesus gave up his life on the cross. And that veil was opened up. And so no longer did we have to stand on the outside of God's presence. Instead, the Bible says we get to go in boldly into his presence with prayer and thanksgiving on our hearts, in our hearts, and on our lips. That's a pretty awesome shift in, the, in, in our covenant life with God. Before, one guy could go in and he could offer prayer and for everybody, and you're like, I hope he does it right. Get it right, buddy. Come on. Because <laughs> you're out there in the congregation going, man, I need this to happen. Versus now, each one of us, because of the atoning blood of Jesus, he put his blood on those four horns, and that made all the difference. When the priest put a lamb's blood on those four horns, it happened once. But when Jesus put his blood on it, it changed everything. Come on, he put his blood on it, his eternal blood on those four horns. It changed everything. One offering for all eternity, for all sin. And we're going to read that in Hebrews today. It's pretty great, huh? One of the things we see here is that it's covered, it's made of acacia wood. If you want to say acacia wood, I'll, I'll grant you that. And it's also covered in gold. So if we go back to the altar, and we look at the altar of incense, it's all covered in gold, and it's made of acacia wood, and it's covered in gold, and the acacia wood represents the humanity and the earth journey that Jesus himself came to do, even his journey in the wilderness and the testing, the acacia wood represents his humanity. And then the gold overlaid around it represents the deity of Christ. Actually, the, full, the, de the, the God part of him. But it was all infused and melted together. And this is Jesus. Jesus is the altar of incense. Jesus is, was fully God and fully man. And it, totally separate parts, but inseparable. It's pretty awesome. This is why when God told Moses, build it exactly how I tell you, don't screw it up, like to the exact detail. In fact, this is the highest, the tallest article inside the holy place. So all the other articles are shorter and smaller than this one. This altar of incense, the altar that Jesus would give his life and put his blood on to create intercession for the saints was the highest and most priestly and most important artifact inside of the holy place. Every single thing God did was on purpose. He put these four rings along the outside edges where poles that were made of acacia wood and gold 
would run through them. And then two priests, at least, it took at least two priests or more to carry the altar of incense. So they would run the poles through it, and then they would hold the poles, right, and go walking. <laughs> they would carry it wherever they needed to go. And there were specific priests that this was their only job. They're like, when they were going to pack stuff up and move it around, especially when it was the tabernacle and they had to move it all around, that's what it was for. And it's also made of the two things, the wood and the gold, right? But the priests themselves would carry it. And there's the cool thing about this is that there's four corners. It's, it's a box, right? So there's four corners. There's four rings that go around. And those four corners and four rings represent the four corners of the earth that Jesus himself said that we would carry his presence to the four corners of the world. It's found in Matthew 28. It's pretty dope. You can say it. That's dope. He planned it all out. His, no, there's not one thing by mistake. And his priests were called to carry his presence to the four corners of the earth. And I want you to think about this. It always took two or more. What does that remind you of when you're thinking of prayer? Where two or more are gathered, there in my, my presence is with you also. It always takes two or more, guys. God is doing something special with his people, and it is about us being together, atoned together, brought together, and offering this incense of prayer to the Lord. And truly, this altar of incense was an altar of prayer. It's where the priests would go and offer prayers up to the Lord for all of Israel, for all the people. And the true atonement for the forgiveness of their sin would happen in this same place. For each one of us called into this ministry, this altar of incense ministry, Jesus did the ultimate work, but each one of us is called into this same ministry. So when we look here at this altar, there's the altar, and then there's the censer, which is the dilly, dilly dude thing on the top, okay? That's a Nikiski word. If you don't know what a dilly dude is, that's what it looks like, okay? That little altar, that censer is where they would put the incense in it. So when they make the description for the incense, they have all these different uh, pieces. There is the, the, the stacti, whatever, the onica, the glamdium, and frankincense and salt. Okay, and they would take each one of these things and they would crush them up. This is, they would smash them all up and crush them up and grind them into powder. You guys all wish you could say, have to read all these words, right? You read the Bible, you're like, I never want to have to read those out loud because you're like, I think I know how to say that, but no, you don't know how to say it. Okay, grind it, they grind it all up and then they'd mix it together. And, and this, this, grinding up is actually the, the, the incense itself. The censer represents the heart of the believer and the actual spices and all the different pieces are the prayers of the believer. Why don't you think about it for a second? Crushed up, ground up, and blended together. Does this sound like the church? Jesus was crushed. He was persecuted and he was ground into powder and he gave his life for us. Our call is to live in the same as him, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Giving our life as his, a fragrant offering and sacrifice before the Lord. It's beautiful, sweet-smelling aroma to him. This is a direct quote 
of the, about the altar of incense that's found in Ephesians 5. It's one of my favorite scriptures why you hear it here all the time because it's connected to so many things all over of what Jesus did. It's just everywhere. There's some certain anchor points in the scripture that are just phenomenal because they're just connected to everything. And that's one of them. And this altar of incense is where Jesus himself was ground up, mashed up, and we are ground up and mashed up and mixed together, called to stand together in prayer and offer our prayer together, all of this big mismash of people that he calls his church, to offer up in a pure heart, a sweet heart, a beautiful aroma to the Lord. That sensor is the heart that your heart that containers the prayers that are offered up together with the saints, not just alone. A lot of intercessors, we would call people intercessors, but I would like to say that that isn't a special class of people. There really is not a Bible passage that says, oh, these are the group of intercessors. There's really only, and we'll read a bunch of passages here, that say the whole church we are all intercessors. We're actually all the altar of incense now. And we are that, the heart is our, the sensor is our heart. And the incense is the prayer and the, the passions and the crushing and the longing of our heart. Listen, if we're not crushed, we long for nothing. <clears throat> if we're not like broken down and needy and we're in lack, we long for nothing. We don't even understand the suffering of others. Like in Corinthians, when it says that we comfort those with the, the, the losses that we've experienced, with the hurts and hardships we've, we've experienced, we comfort others with that same comfort that happened to us. Like that is what fuels the incense that goes inside your censer in your prayer. That's what goes in your heart is when you've lost and you've suffered and you've had difficulty and then you are standing there mixed together and you mix your prayers with your brothers and sisters, your saints. Your God's called us to mix them all together with them. And that's where the power is, where two or more gather together and what's pure inside their heart is offered up to the Lord. These different elements represent the sweetness, the purity, the holiness, the perpetualness. The frankincense was actually about Jesus' perpetual ministry and his endless life. And then the salt made it all beautiful in this beautiful perfume smell. It's designed to be beautiful to the Lord. Holy and sweet and pure, perpetual, going on and on forever, and beautiful to God. God likes in our crushing when we bring ourselves to him. God likes in our lack when we bring ourselves to him. He says in our weakness, we're what? Strong. And together as the saints, we're actually made. We're made as a holy house, a spiritual house, a, a, a fortress, a strong tower when we're together, but apart, we're kind of vulnerable. We're easy to get discouraged when we're alone and apart. Right? You ever get isolated and you're like, life is difficult. But man, when you have prayer partners, other intercessors with you, praying with you, standing with you, knowing what's going on with you, there is a supernatural strength that just gets infused into our being when we stand with each other and we mix our prayer together. 
It's a beautiful thing. And it is extra beautiful to God. He loves it. And in fact, Jesus is making intercession for us every single day, the Bible says. We're going to read it. That's how important intercession is to Jesus himself. Fully God, fully man. And how he is asking, begging, designed us for, and, and, and encouraging us as the church to wake up, to come alive in prayer, and begin to offer our whole life and our hearts with pure and beautiful and sweet aroma of prayer for one another, mixed together for one, with one another for his purpose to be made manifest on the earth. The golden censer represents the heart of the believer. The incense is the prayers offered up by the believer. And the fire that they lit it with represent the Holy Spirit causing the prayer itself to actually ascend to the Father. This is a cool relationship we have with him. <clears throat> Let's read Hebrews chapter 7. Okay? Hebrews chapter 7. Because of this oath, Jesus became the guarantor, guarantor of a better covenant. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he is a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he always lives to intercede for them. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Such a high priest truly meets our needs. The one who is holy and blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Do you hear all these things? Holy, blameless, pure. These are all the things that the incense represented, remember? holy and blameless and pure. This was Jesus himself. Unlike the other high priests, he doesn't need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priest men in all their weakness, but the oath which came from the law appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever. Chapter 8, verse 1. Now the main point of what we are saying is this. Do we, or we do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by human beings. We have a high priest whose sacrifice was made once and lasts forever. He put his blood on those four horns and it was done. When he gave up his life on the cross and his blood spilled out on the ground, it went onto those four horns, guys. Boom, boom, boom. In fact, there is another tabernacle in Revelation that, they, that the Bible talks about that is a mirror image of the one that was here on earth. And it is possible that Jesus actually went up and went into the real tabernacle in heaven and put his blood on those four horns, and it was done. Every sin you've done, 
Everyone you're gonna commit, every time you go, dang it, how did I do that again? Jesus, his blood on those four horns covers it. He doesn't even see it because of what he did. It's completely forgiven and wiped away. And you get to walk into the Holy of Holies, always righteous, always pure, always holy, made holy by the blood of Jesus, and always able to bring from a pure heart a prayer to God in your need. A prayer to God in your friend's need, your family's need, your kids' need, your parents' need, come on, your coworkers' needs. How about our dying world? How about, come on, the economy? <laughs> Let's go. Jeez, so please. The crime, the, 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 the degrading of our culture that's happening around us. If you think it's not the enemy, guys, listen, the enemy is on attack and the church has to rise up in prayer. It's our greatest weapon. But it's our greatest weapon when we pray together. It, it, the Bible says that towards the end, it just gets more chaotic and chaotic and good is evil and evil is good. People right now who fight for the death penalty to not happen for murderers in prison. They fight for it. Justice, we're not, no death penalty for murderers in prison. They fight to murder babies in the womb. And they fight to try to murder old people when they stop contributing. Whose thought says, I'm gonna preserve murderers and kill the innocent? And this becomes right? We've lost our flipping minds. The enemy's culture is taking over our world and the prayer of the saints that are offered up as an offering from the altar of incense is the only thing that will stop it. There's a bowl in heaven the Bible talks about that gets filled up with the prayers of the saints and then some reason, somehow when it's full, it has a tipping point and it pours out. And God says, okay, here we go. The more we pray, the more he moves. So what happens? And there's a, it's not just one prayer and you're like, okay, well, why don't the Lord just do that one? It doesn't work like that. And it's not just you. It's all of us together, mixed up and pressed up and put in with a good and pure heart and God move on this stinking city. Move on my friends' hearts. We've got to share our burdens and needs and our passions and we've got to start letting the Holy Spirit light that incense, that burning incense in our heart and begin to pray, church. We need to begin to pray. We have to keep gathering together. We can't just get disillusioned about, oh, well, church is just everybody meets and then we drop our kids off and go home. We have got to pray. We have got to offer incense to move the world to move our families, to move our mindsets. But if we don't pray, guys, the burning doesn't happen. It is for the saints. If we don't carry the presence, it doesn't go. Listen, we're called to carry his presence. We're called to carry the heart of God and offer those prayers up. And it says continually, he told Aaron, don't let this flipping thing go out. Don't pour water on it. Don't like try to do the wrong offering in that place. This is a let, it needs to be lit and on fire for God all the time. And listen, it matters. It makes a difference. It goes up directly to the heart of the Father. And he goes, 
that smelled good. <laughs> Maybe he's not a country hick. Maybe that was not exactly how <laughs> God does it. In my mind, he's like that. Okay, no. He's whatever. He's like, that's good. That smells good. Mm, he's like, come on, more. Let's go. Let it burn, saints. Come on. Mix it up. Red and yellow, black and white. I've never seen a real yellow person, okay? But we're all different colors, ages, genders. Only two genders, right? You're only two, one of two genders, okay? Different ages, colors, backgrounds, culture, history. Some of you First Nation peoples. Man, you put your feet, your, your people put their feet here first. That matters. Your prayers are special and important. Let's go. Come on. Mix it all up together. None of us are better than any other one. But when God sees us all together, mixing it up, let's go. And burning it, let's light it up. God's like, that's good. Pour it out. Here we go, saints. You asked for it. Here comes revival. You asked for it, here comes salvation. You asked for it, here comes provision. But man, if you get shaken in your faith and you give up before the bull pours out, you're not on the train. And if you stop praying, I can't pray for you. It's a multiplication effect. He wants all the saints to pray and all the saints to give and all the saints to serve, all of us to participate together. When we do that, he pours out a collective blessing on his whole church. If you're not participating in what, all of those three things, you're missing out. In fact, you are abdicating your responsibility before the Lord. Tithe, pray, serve, preach the gospel. You carry the presence of God everywhere you go. Guys, it's not that complicated. And honestly, it's kind of not that hard. You're like, 10% of my money? That's easy math. God goes, all right, open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing. In fact, We'll read it. it one, of the, one of the way, we'll just read it right now. Here we go. You'll see this. I'm not making things up. <laughs> Philippians 4.17. Not that I deserve your gifts. This is the Apostle Paul. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. And now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. These are a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to the Lord. And my God will meet all your needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. You can pray and you can give financially. These are two ways that you can offer an acceptable incense to the Lord, burning of incense to the Lord. You're giving of what's in you and good and your resource to others to help them. You can also serve, and that's a beautiful incense to the Lord. These are all the same thing. They're all sacrifice from you, to build up the body of Christ, okay? And God takes those things, your service, your finances, and your prayer, and he blesses them and does something supernatural with them. And he causes it to multiply. Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 13. It's written, he said to them, my house, my church, will be called a house of prayer. You're making it a den of robbers. This is not a business. This is not a business, guys. This is a church. And yes, we use some business practices that we've learned, but it is not a business. This is a supernatural organization that is designed to offer prayer and move the city and transform people's lives through the power of God's love for atoning sacrifice for each one of us. That's what changes us. Acts 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. The early believers, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Listen, if we don't gather together and pray, we will not see many signs and wonders. It's the fundamentals of the church. It's the altar of incense that has to be burning and be lit. You've got to show up and you've got to show up. Don't be here and just mindless, man. Show up and begin praying. You're coming to church, you're like, God, let's burn. Let's kick it off. Holy Spirit, show up. Move in people's lives. I want to see salvations and revival. I want to see healings and transformation. I want to see this church popping and filled up and exploding and boiling over with people's lives that are being transformed by the power of his love, that are experiencing his atoning sacrifice for their life. That's what we need to be praying, guys, all the time, over and over, healings. And until we see it, we don't stop praying. And once we see it, we go like, more. You're like, oh, that's cool. We saw that once. Let's go back to playing Xbox. (laughs) All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. See how their censor of their heart was glad and sincere? And in it, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is a recipe for church growth. Did you know God wants you to be a part of the church growing? Not just Unite Church, but the church is growing and expanding by new believers. That's what was happening here. Miracles, new believers, increase It all happens when we gather together and we pray. When we're mixed together with pure hearts, holy, and offered to him as a beautiful sacrifice. But man, I'm telling you, it's about devotion. The church is called to devotion. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer and being watchful and thankful. God loves prayer and thankfulness. Not just begging, whining, and pleading, complaining, right? Those are not things that are a sweet-smelling aroma to God. God wants you to be thankful and hopeful and prayerful. Man, dropping in prayers, blessings, even your enemies, he says, to pray for. Those who despitefully use you, the person who has messed you up the most, you don't come to God and say, Lord, strike them down with a curse. Or curse their name and have bad, evil thoughts about them. You go in there and you go, Lord, you prayed for those who were crucifying you. You prayed a blessing on those who crucified you. Forgive them. They know not what they do. You go into the altar of incense and you go stand before the Lord and you are right in his presence and you bless those who curse you and persecute you. You pray for those that are against you. Lord, get them. Bless them. Touch their heart. Let them have a Saul at the, on the road to Damascus experience. Knock them off onto their keister and let them experience you, Jesus. Talk to them openly. Yeah. Come on, Lord, get Bill Gates in Jesus' name. Get Jeff Bezos in Jesus' name. 
How about all the corrupt FBI, right? That are just trying to take our whole world down. Every communist, in the name of Jesus, come to know him. How about communist China where they're harvesting people's organs? This is some of the most atrocious, uh, atrocious evil that's ever happened in all of the world. Systematically, they're just murdering people. The governments are. There's more persecution for Christians in this day and age than ever before by such great number, it, you can't even count it. Eight billion people on the planet. People believing in population control. The stuff. This is evil, guys. The church has to wake up, has to light the fire, be devoted to prayer, and operate in thankfulness. If we don't pray for the evil people doing evil, who will? If we just speak evil about them and say, oh, they're bad, and we're good, we do nothing. We've got to gather together and intercede. The whole church is an altar of incense. We are one altar of incense called to be mixed together and pray and be devoted to prayer. We got prayer nights that go on. Church ought to be packed out. We ought to, our, our small groups, our hangouts, just jamming with prayer. We're just smoking prayer all day long. I like that, smoking. Okay. Romans 12, 9, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. We're not easily broken apart, church. We're devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Ephesians 6, 18. This is my last scripture. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Huh. Well, look at that. The Holy Spirit himself will light your prayers. He even will give you a special prayer language to pray and supernaturally charge your altar of incense. It's kind of awesome that God is so into prayer that Jesus is doing it every day, 24-7, by the hand of the Father, praying for us. He's forever making intercession for his people. Let's go, church. Come on. It's time to wake up. Lord, protect them, bless them, move on them. He's sending angels to go to work. Come on, let's get it done. Let's get the work done. Let's fill up those bowls. I want. He's like waiting. I just want to pour one out. Bam, let's go. Revival. This gets him so charged. That's why he gave him joy to go to the cross for us so we could see all of this happening. The whole world was groaning. All the angels were longing to look into these things to see the saints light their altar of incense and make an altar to him to burn to see the kingdom of God come from heaven down to earth and all of the world see that Jesus lives, loves, and saves and the enemy to quake in his boots as all his territory gets taken back by God's glorious church. You, his saints. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. There's no occasion that's not appropriate for you to pray in the Holy Spirit, to supercharge your prayer life with the Holy Ghost, with all kinds of prayers and requests. You're like, what should I pray? All kinds of prayers and requests. How do I do that? Just all kinds of stuff. Just start chucking it at Jesus. Here you go, Lord. Maybe you'll answer this one. 
Maybe you'll answer that one. He'll just teach you. He'll be like, hey, maybe pray for this. You go, okay, I'll pray for that too. But listen, if you're just always chucking stuff at Jesus, he's, he's like, he can just direct you easy. But if you're stingy with your prayer and you're like, well, I'll pray for that guy one time a year. And I'll pray God moves once or twice a year versus every day, all day long, like, Lord, come on, let's move. Move on that guy. Move on that guy. Move on that girl. Move on that person. Come on, bless that baby right now. Just go. Pray also for me. Well, he says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So the whole church and the whole globe, the whole world, we're praying for all those. That's a lot of prayer. Lord, bless the church in China. Come on. Lord, bless the church in Iran. Do you know in Iran is the fastest growing church in the world? The mosques are empty in Iran because there's no God in the mosques. Jesus is in their homes and they're not telling everybody that. People are being raised from the dead. The sick are being healed all around the world. Northern India, the gospel is exploding under persecution. In China right now, I am predicting to you, I'm telling you, I believe that the Chinese government is about to collapse it's going to probably collapse in our lifetime because of the Jesus movement happening and the oppression. When the devil pushes, the church grows and undermines and every government will bend its knee to the name of Jesus. I'm just saying, I could be wrong, but I think it's going to happen. Pray also for me when I, whatever I speak, that my words will be, that, that words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is the priest called to carry the altar of incense everywhere they go. That everywhere we go, we're praying for one another that your words would be Jesus' words. Look, you don't have to be a man or a woman of many words. You can be a quiet person and be a beast at prayer. And I think some of the greatest men and women in heaven are gonna be quiet people who prayed and moved heaven. Pray for me. Come on. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our church. Pray for everyone who's got their head sticking out there and they're on the front lines. What's on your altar this year? What are you going to allow to be crushed so you can be a part of the move of God? What are you going to allow to be blended with others and you're going to like give up your discrepancies and all of your you're, you know, this person did that and I don't like this and I don't like the way their breath smells or I don't like whatever and all that. You're like gonna give that up and just begin to pray with them. Because what we pray together is way more important than all the things we have different about one another. When we pull on heaven together in the midst of all those differences, God goes, I like that unity. Come on, none of you are perfect and none of you have to be perfect to light an altar of incense for me. I just don't want you to do it. What are you gonna give up this year? What are you gonna allow to be crushed? What are you gonna allow to be lit in your heart on fire for Jesus? Let's start praying for salvations, church. I'm commissioning the church right now. You're we're gonna pray daily, all day long for salvations, all day long for miracles and healings and restoration and relationships, okay?
Can we do that? All day long, everybody online, you're at home, you're in another part of the world, I don't care where you're at, you're gonna start praying for salvations right here in Anchorage, Alaska, and God's gonna pour out his spirit on this church, and everywhere that these church members go, the power of God's presence is gonna show up. And we're not giving up till we see it happen. I don't care if it takes all year. It takes two years, five years. What else is there to live for? Nothing, I'm telling you, nothing is as cool as that. Nothing is worth it. And your reward is in eternity forever and ever. No one can take that from you. Every prayer you offer up is is a reward in heaven for you and I. Whether you see it or not, whether you get the answer you wanted or not, or you thought, see this is one of the problems with, in, with intercession and prayer, guys, is that there are times when we get in our mind and our head, it ought to manifest in a certain way. And sometimes we put in that place how God ought to do a thing. And when we do and it doesn't happen the way we want, we get radically discouraged. And it really is, we lose faith in that he's God. What if God asked you to pray for something, to see it happen, all the time intending for it not to happen? What might he be after? Shifting and changing you. Are you willing to be crushed and allow your life to be offered in the altar of incense for something or someone or what, that you care about and that you believe God wants to do and God will shift something in you but don't allow your trust in him to shift if you don't see it the way you thought he said it was gonna happen. If he says, hey, pray for this, I want this to happen and then you don't see it happen, you believe that's what God says, you lean on that, listen, that's okay. You know how many times I prayed and didn't see it happen exactly the way I thought it should happen? I doesn't shake my faith in him because it puts the faith, my faith and trust in him of what the outcome's gonna be and what it does is shift my heart, changes my compassion towards others. And I know ultimately that every person and everything and every problem and everything that is wrong or broken and not right is fixed and made perfect in heaven. And that's our great resting place. Dying or losing our life or giving up all of our stuff and all of that being lost is mercy when we enter into the King of Kings, his presence. It's actually mercy because now we have rest. Any y'all tired? Come on. The older you get, stuff starts wearing out. You're like, this is not as awesome as heaven is going to be when I have a glorified body and nothing wears out. You're like, didn't I just paint that? Gummit. When you go to heaven, you'd paint it once and never have to worry about it again. It's pretty awesome. You want to change the paint color, it's because you want to change the paint color, not because it needs it. Heaven is mercy, guys. Death in life right here is mercy for all of us. Salvation is what life is all about giving our life and other people giving their life to Jesus. This is what it's all about. And we have got to be about the work of the Lord and stay our eyes fixed on Jesus and people's lives coming to know him, guys. The rest is all about more people experiencing how much he loves them and how much he loves us and that contrast when we enter into eternity, guys. The contrast when we enter into eternity and we're made perfect coming from this imperfect world of suffering, loss, and sadness is gonna be awesome. 
And we're gonna, all going to make sense then. We're going to go like, whoo, I'm never going back to that. I choose God, and I'll choose him forever, and no devil can ever lie to me and cause me to not to, to, to step away from that. That's what suffering buys you in heaven, is a permanent choice to love Jesus for what he's done. You'll understand it. It'll make sense. What are you going to bring before him? God loves prayers and thankfulness, church. Make it sweet. Make it pure. Keep it holy. Let it be perpetual. Come on. Make it smell good to God. Make it smell good to Him. Pray the things that are on His heart. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.